Welcome to the Cross Screen and In Between podcast, brought to you by Evoquip. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Crush Screen and In Between podcast. I suppose it's been a while since we had a chit chat. Uh, we've been out and about. Andy, you've been to Con Expo. Uh, we had a good podcast with the JCB guys. Um, but we're here in Terex GBS in Craigavon. Our offices in Dungannon are getting done up. So we're up here and the, the GBS team have made us feel very welcome. Um, so... Yeah, How's it's been good to be back and doing this in person. It's, it's been it's been a couple of months, but we had we had sort of yeah. two there that we had some interviews, but as well as we we sat together home. anyway. Yeah, you you interviewed JCB at Con Expo. Um, I loved that lesson. That was great. Yeah, it was great to get. It was great of JCB to give us a bit of time. You know, when there's a lot going on there, they're they're pushing the boundaries. And they're really going after the hydrogen market, so it's great to sit down with those guys and, and get the feed for it. Hydrogen, hydrogen stuff's really cool. Um, the fact that they're going out and, and actually developed their own engine and they're not trying to convert yeah. you know, an existing technology like a petrol or a diesel engine, I, I find very interesting. So very exciting to see what comes uh, out of JCB in the near future. Yeah, and you could really, you could feel the enthusiasm yeah, for it. Yeah. You just, you could really see that they really loved it, and they really, they were, they loved talking about it. And uh, and here Volvo too, it was great to chat down, sit down with Volvo Penta, and, and spend some time with those guys too. It was great for them to, to give us their time and, and and sort of get their feel for sustainability and engines and power generation going forward and, and where they see themselves with the market going. So yeah. it was great. To sit down with Class. Um, what about the rest of Con Expo? It was Vegas. Yeah, here it was great. It was, it was my first time at Con Expo and, and in Vegas in general, so it was eye-opening for me. It's uh, it's definitely a place apart <laughs> yeah. from West Tyrone, yeah. where I'm from. But yeah, it was great. Um, Declan and I and, and Andy and Barry went over. Obviously, here Terex had a pretty big representation. Um, Terex Dam was great. We had a Cobra 230 there. Here looked really good and, and a lot, lot of good interest in that plant. Um, but it was great to get out to North America again and, and touch base with the customers and dealers and you know and, and see everyone again. You know, I think I think nearly all dealers were there across North America. You got America. to see them all and so it was great to get yeah. to see them all in one place. Um, yeah. and it was great the show was great, the show was massive too. Um and here a bit of rain the first day maybe, but the weather was largely good. And it was here it was a great week. I think we took the Tesla tunnel over to see Volvo, which is great. Again, right. a mental idea of a, yeah. of a Tesla tunnel under the show, but great experience and great to get out. And and uh, it was definitely an experience. Good, good, good. Uh, well, I was in, well, you were there also, but uh, the recent show at uh, in Tullamore. Now it's not Vegas, but um, it's the next best thing, I would say. <laughs> uh, Ireland's at, Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> at CQMS. Um, I thought it, 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 now that was my first time at CQMS. I thought it went very well. Uh, FJS or Irish dealer had a stand there. It was actually the biggest stand at the show. They had our Colt sixteen hundred and Cobra two thirty R on the stand on display, and a lot of interest with those two machines from customers and the general public. And then we had the Basin one twenty Basin thirty five in the working area, uh, crushing concrete. And then our Cayman 150 uh, was uh, getting a lot of attention in the working area. It was processing concrete 
and um, there's concrete posts and then there's like uh, cattle shed slots there's a lot of rebar in it so it's a messy uh, feed material but it done a, a great job so yeah they're really good a lot, lot of I suppose that sort of the shredders probably largely new to the Irish market that hasn't maybe spread out past Europe and the UK so a lot of interest and got a lot of attention yeah um, as you say it, it wasn't an e- easy material to process and it was just chomping through it. Yeah, um, and FGS, the credit to them, was a great stand, a great display, and they actually ended up providing a lot of machinery to feed the other working machines um, at the show, so fair play. Very generous, very generous man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Um, so we're actually um, very privileged to have a guest on the podcast here today. Now, this fella has been torturing me and Andy to get on the podcast since, <laughs> since episode one so um, eventually we got him squeezed in He's very, very busy. <laughs> I, I can't believe it's taken this long to be honest I suppose you get rid of the riffraff at, at the start That's maybe it. and, and leave the, the best to get later the, on get the process streamlined you know for the big wigs but you had to practice you see for the first seven or eight to make sure yeah yeah no, I'd well believe it so welcome Jamie to the uh, crush screen and in between podcast here it's, it's a pleasure it's as impressive as I would have expected <laughs> you know like I said there's no Joe Rogan glass of whiskey but we'll, we'll get there yeah we'll yeah get. <laughs> hopefully not even for tea not, it wasn't even offered a coffee or nothing <laughs> but sorry I brought me on water oh sorry um, right so tell us a bit about yourself and what is it that you do within EvoCup give us a bit of your background and, and what you currently do well I suppose it depends who you ask what I do in EvoCup some might say very little <laughs> but uh no, I I did a master's in engineering at Queen's, uh, product design engineering. Um, did a year out in industry as, as a design engineer, uh, and then very quickly decided that engineering wasn't wasn't going to be my calling in life. So uh, as soon as I, I graduated, I went back to work for the company that I worked for as a design engineer as, only in a technical sales role. Um, so we distributed across the Middle East mostly so I did that uh, for a year or two and then I ended up moving to New Zealand um, after that where I was kind of doing more field sales um, again it was a bit of a different industry um, manufacturing machinery okay. flatbed CNC machines oh, mostly yeah. for yeah. woodworking and, and the like yeah. um, and then I was out in New Zealand for a couple of years making up doors yeah exactly yeah 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 out in the car all day i covered the very auckland on north and then like a southern territory down around wellington as well so a lot of driving a lot of time out in the car by yourself knocking doors ended up in very random places (laughs) of new zealand (laughs) beautiful country though i'm sure you're some amazing yeah amazing yeah what a stayed other than like every great man there's a woman behind the scenes and <laughs> she she wanted to be close to her mummy you know? five five mile radius i believe is is the rule of that's of, the, the limit that's the limit yeah, yeah so i'm five miles to the mile to my <laughs> mother-in-law so we're not being far away that's how it works unfortunately <laughs> and, um so yeah i ended up coming home then um which was probably coming on five, six years ago now, and, and as soon as I got home then, joined Terex. So a bit like yourself, Michael, for, for we went to school together and stuff, yeah. and then, um, probably didn't see each other until we both joined Terex again. And it was around the same time. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and listen, you're looking to get into manufacturing in, in Northern Ireland. Crushing screening is, is the bread and butter. So yeah. uh, I had a couple of friends that worked uh, Terex power screening that, so kind of got me into it. Um, and then, yeah, Turkey sales manager role for four years, and now sales director for, for the last year. So Sales director for the rest of the world? Rest of the world, yeah, yeah. So me and me and Andy Lawrence then, we were responsible for, for global sales, and obviously we report in Dubai. So... For me, or for for uh, EvoCorp, rest of the world is essentially everything outside of North America. Yeah. Um, and then like so India and stuff, where we would have Terex representation there as well. Yeah. China. So Mister Worldwide. Mister Worldwide. Yeah. And how long have you been Mister Worldwide for? In the sales director role. Yeah. Uh, since officially September. So what's that? Yep. Eight months. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah so. Less than the Going well so far, you can you can ask the guys there, see what they think. But <laughs> doesn't seem to be many complaints. Uh, not yet, not yet. <laughs> Couple. See, see are growing. See, see are, they're growing in a way. See, are growing. Sure, doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a tough couple of years then. I suppose with, with COVID and supply chain and every other, you know, you could you could name them. The issues we've had globally. How is the rest of the world? How's the rest of the world market fared for the past for couple of years? Um, listen, they've managed because they've had to. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff has been outside of anybody's control. Um, for us as a manufacturer, you could look at our order books over over COVID and say it was great. You know, sold out for for a year, sometimes even longer. Um, but in reality, it wasn't a nice situation for us to be in. It wasn't a nice situation for our dealers to be in. Um, prices were increasing, the demand was high and the supply was low so every stage of the supply chain was, was impacted negatively really. Um, so as in a sales role you know it was nice to have orders but it was the most difficult time I've ever had. And, and, That's and strange that. like you, you, it's, it's the, the opposite of what you think sales guys are out there chasing for, for sales but at, at this these were actually um, you know not being fit to fulfill orders and things that was the toughest part you know? yeah definitely and you know you constantly feel like you were you know you were letting customers down or what but in reality it was a wider supply chain issue yeah you know the impacts of covid and then we had the suez canal came yeah. into it and, yeah. and that added another layer and um, even now we've still got some shipping issues out you know to australia and stuff that are coming into play so there's all these different factors that really Im- impact the business so yeah. um, but listen we are coming out the other side of it the engine uh, engine suppliers was, was a big part of it but that seems to have, have got a lot better recently um, so we, we are out, out the other side but listen here all, all credit to the dealers because obviously they're the the customer facing part of, of our business so it was a difficult time for them yeah of course um and what do you think then for the next sort of five years you're saying there that supply chain starting to steady itself a bit with engines and that so what do you see in the market the next five years both on our supply end and also the market in general the i suppose that the supply end it, it'll level out and it'll correct itself and um you know i suppose that's the other side of the business to manage that from our perspective where we see the let's say the industry going in general is definitely towards compact you know, we've seen it in the last five years and I think we'll see it in the next five years. Um, the likes of contractors and guys that maybe would have rented in machinery are, are now able to invest in their own 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe at a more affordable pricing due to the size. Um, they can get machines that are easier to run, easier to transport, less fuel. So we are seeing a switch in the market. And although EvoQuip is focused on compact, you can see some of the other more traditional manufacturers that aren't focused on compact are starting yeah. to kind of branch into that segment. Um, so listen, it's a, I suppose a, a testament to where, where the customer needs are. Um, and then I guess then on the other side of that, you know, I suppose the big talking points at the minute, and I know Andrew met with JCB and, and Volvo is going to be power source. You know, that's the real, let's say, innovation yeah. um, within the industry at the minute. And that'll impact the EvoCup as well. You know, is it electric? Is it hydrogen? Is it, you know, there's all these questions at the minute. But definitely, I think the traditional diesel hydraulic we will move away from in some uh, shape or form in the next yeah. five to ten years. Yeah. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll have to. Um, and then the other part of it, I suppose, is, is recycling. You know, with a finite... Um, resources you know natural resources whether it's sand or, or what it may be yeah. so the likes of processing concrete and that yeah. and, and reusing it reusing asphalt whatever yeah. it is there's going to be more and more legislation driving it more and more funding driving it so um you know that's that's and with new technologies and new new like like you mentioned the lab like said is batteries or whatever there's a there's a need for recycling there to get those uh, materials so Definitely, it's cool. There's me going again about recycling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I suppose to that point, um, obviously, rest of the world is is very broad. You know, it's a large area. Do you see where do you see the differences in say Europe versus Australasia or Africa or Asia? You know, what you mentioned recycling is is recycling say stronger in Europe than it is in other regions, or or how do you see the difference? Yeah, definitely, yeah, it is. Um, I suppose if you look at the likes of, of Australia, for example, you know, they have a lot of natural resources. There's still a lot of mining um, is happening there. Um, therefore, there's less of a focus on recycling. Um, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be, yeah. Um, and ultimately, it, it will come at some stage, you know, and, and we're starting to see it grow slowly. Um, but it's a different different situation in, in the likes of Europe. Um, you know, there it probably isn't as, as much natural um, you know, resource available there. So there's more, let's say, legislation driven of, mm-hmm. of recycling. Um, and then I suppose the, the obvious kind of difference is even with regards to the engines. Yeah. You know, we're still very much tier three engines in the Africa, uh, Australasia. Whereas it's stage five in, in the Europe and, and nothing else. And I think ultimately that will just keep going, you know, cleaner engines, lower emissions, yeah. um, you know, that'll keep moving forward. And um, ultimately, you know, these other territories will catch up or will move that way, yeah. I would imagine at some stage, but maybe we're at that stage, we're using different technologies, different. And then instead of jumping like the state it might just jump straight to hydrogen or exactly. something like that. Yeah. 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 And, and that's maybe what like Volvo and, and or JCB mentioned that too, that you know, there may be different solutions for different regions around the world that may be the way the market goes. Yeah. So yeah. And it'll be interesting going forward. Um and then you mentioned Africa and that. I know we don't have much of a presence in Africa, but like where where is our strongest region? in the rest of the world 
We so strongest region by market share. Let's say yeah. we will be very strong in New Zealand, very yes. strong. Um, parts of Europe, we're doing really well at the minute in Germany. Uh, brought on a bit of new distribution there, and um, the likes of Denmark, for example, we're very strong. Yeah. Um. So, a lot of the times, the the market if if the market suits Ebocat product range, you know, if it's recycling focused, let's say, or compact focused, you know, the likes of New Zealand, for example, and, and I know well from from living there, it's a country where there's a lot of let's say smaller privately owned companies rather than one or two big large companies, and that's just to do with the. I don't know the the nature of the people. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's all these family businesses. Let's say so that kind of lends itself towards Evoquip. Mm-hmm. But I would say the most crucial factor, and again, this this is probably relating back to all those dealers: New Zealand, Germany, Denmark, yeah. and yeah. and further afield. Is it comes back to our dealers? Yeah, you know, really good, strong mm-hmm. dealers that wake up every morning thinking about Evoquip, trying That's to it. sell Evoquip. Yeah. That is their bread and butter focus. Yeah, I, I mean that we we talked to Andrew Lawrence and he said the same thing you know uh, uh, where the strength is is where the dealers are fully focused and we know uh, New Zealand um, uh, Dan and Andy they're, they're evil equipped Dan is, uh, lives and breathes it um, and is driving it and he's got he's got New Zealand as evil equipped what did I say number, definitely number one in the compact range anyway yeah 100% uh, yeah. yeah so people when they think of crushing the screen and they think of MSC and yeah. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so both. It's it's it's, uh, it's obviously your your representation, but also then how much the region is invest, invested in recycling and rather than landfill. You know, if both are affected. Yeah, I suppose then if if you're looking at maybe the likes of funding and stuff that that's available. You know, each each country or territory is different. Um. If we look at, say, Eastern Europe, for example, there's been a lot of EU funding available over the last number of years. Um, and, you know, depending on the project, it could be focused around different things. Um, but a lot of that will come back to recycling, um, you know, reusing material, whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, you know, it really does differ, depend on the territory, but a lot of that will be, be driven by what support is available. Um, you know, on, on what the maybe the specific goals of, of that country are, you know, mm-hmm. they have their own um, kind of, let's say, key points that they're trying to drive towards, and then they obviously, you know, drive legislation towards it, or they drive funding towards it. Yeah. I, I suppose in Ireland too, you know, we, we're expecting at some point, Ireland's probably behind you know, the UK and the rest of Europe with landfill legislation and pushing recycling, so we'll probably see a real growth in that in the next couple of years. Okay. To, to yeah. catch up with the rest of Europe. Yeah. Um so like where is the potential going forward for Equip, do you see? Like what what specific regions um and any specific then products say for our our current regions or our future regions that we need to cover? Well we're very well established in Europe. Yeah. Um albeit we're in the process of looking at new distribution in Italy. Which okay. again, going back to that point, is Italy is a very compact machinery market, so that's really gonna do well for for Evoquip and whoever the potential new partner is, okay. because the the market is focused towards that. Yeah. 
Um, we're then looking at um, South America, for example, is going to be a big target of ours over the next year or two. Um, and we can see that you know, some of our competitors are, you know, the likes of Rubble Master, for example, are doing very well in, mm -hmm. in that market. Um, yeah. You know, it's a lot of uh, lighter rock, limestone-like rock, which lends itself to the impactors, yes. yeah, for example, yeah. which obviously is good synergy there with our Cobra range. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a massive territory that we have huge. so far untouched. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's with regards to distribution. And then... Um, with regards to the machinery, I mean, you know, EvoCrip is a compact, compact brand, um, and we, we remain focused on that. Um, but we're we're driven by our dealers and what their needs are. Now, our distribution model, let's say, and the dealers that we focus on, you know, if we look at maybe the last five six dealers we have onboarded, they've all had uh, construction background you know maybe selling some kind of construction excavators or whatever the case may be so um we continue to take feedback from the dealers as to what they need you know because ultimately we're there to grow their business mm -hmm. you know so the likes of the new products we have coming online this year the basin 340 the biggest job that was feedback from our dealers yep. that they needed that in the range the falcon 820 that they needed some form of finishing screen in that size, maybe to couple up with an impactor, mm -hmm. you know, for making better quality, finer cuts. And the Cayman, the Cayman's, you know, that was a no, no brainer. Yeah. Uh, the small shredder there, because that just suits our customer base perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to that, talk about customer base, you know, <clears throat> if, you, if you had a walk through Bioma last year, you know, the buzzword was sustainability, green energy electricity plug-in hybrid you know is our end users you know is that legislation driven do you think our end users moving as fast as the mark the marketing material would suggest to green energy or or is it very much still diesel hydraulic in the marketplace and and what end users actually want from what we can see, it's very much still diesel hydraulic. Mm -hmm. um, now, in specific territories, parts of, of Europe, for example, Switzerland, um, you know, maybe into Scandinavia, for example. Norway, probably. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of, like, let's say, a realistic push on it. Um, but a lot of the time, from what we can see, is the drive to go electric is maybe because there's funding available for that solution and yeah. um, now obviously going electric it's a bigger upfront investment generally speaking for the customer um, and then they have to be able to make that money back then on, on what cost they're saving mm -hmm. on running off electric so there's some sites out there that have mains electric available on site okay then maybe that that adds up financially but yeah. a lot of other guys are maybe running generators Okay, maybe run a bit less fuel, but you know it, it's it's a wider gap then to make up, you know, going diesel hydraulic to electric, and taking a step back then from that completely is is it really green? You know, if we're running off a generator, is is that green? Yeah. You know, how many sites are running proper renewable energy? How are they running a wind turbine, running their crusher off a wind turbine, or mm -hmm. or something along those lines? Yeah. You know, because that that would be true green solution. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose as you, as you mentioned before, a lot of our customers are 
the contractors and going from side to side and then they largely can't can't depend on on plugins on site so then you maybe get to bring a gen set yeah and then you've got like pretty diesel diesel engine plugging into plugging into crusher it's yeah so sounds green but it's largely but we're at the it's a stepping stone phase like we're, we're getting the infrastructure and all sorted out i think and the technology the green technology will follow but we need to have the the avenues to, to you know transport that that uh, green energy you know first and provide it and then the technology will catch up like like the generator thing yes it's a diesel generator now but it will be a hydrogen generator yes. at some stage but we need to get the the machines capable of pl- being plugged in and then you know so and i think definitely we will end up there yeah and everybody's acknowledging that they're just saying right now it's not necessarily yeah, they're needed. all saying it, it seems to be a trend yeah but us as a manufacturer yeah. it's our responsibility to be reviewing that right now yeah you know, so exactly we have the solution on top of it yeah that's why the podcast i love the podcast with, with jcb involved and getting their take on it because you know they're at the forefront at the minute let's say yeah yeah, and, and as and as for JCB said in hydrogen, you know they're proving the technology, proving it works, and proving it can be done. But largely, governments have to take control and push for the infrastructure to to suit. You know, we could flood them up, flood the world with hydrogen engines, but until the infrastructure is ready to back them up, it's exactly. completely irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, who would you see as a leading compact? Green brand, then rest of the world, he would be, he would be the current. Uh, because Andy said we, we asked Andy the same question, and he is uh, adamant that it's a, it is, is Evo Equip. I beat him too, but it's it's Evo Equip in North America. Are you seeing the same in the rest of the world? Or, well, if Andy said it, let's go with that. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't follow, follow suit. No, I wouldn't stand up against him. Now. He's a lot bigger than me. Um, Oh, no, listen here. First of all, compact is difficult because there's no definition of compact. EvoCrypt define compact as 35 ton and below. Mm-hmm. Um, and we define that in conjunction with our dealers and customers and, and what, where, where we saw the, the transition into, into larger machinery. Um, listen, I think if, if we're being honest about it, I'm probably contradicting Andrew slightly. Globally, I would say Robomaster. Um, are, are out there ahead of us of course listen they've been in the market focusing on these compact machines for 25 years now you've equipped six coming on on, on seven years um, and we've made significant ground on them um, I would say they're leading I'd say we're we're very close behind them Good. at this yeah. stage which is, is great to see there's mm-hmm. been a, a lot of work to, to get that far but we do think slightly differently um, we have a different different product range in the fact that we offer a range of jaw crushers, for example. Um, we've got this, this new shredder coming on board. Um, and ultimately, it's, it's our distribution as well yeah. that, that is, is helping us grow that and, and the support of Terex, yeah. you, know, yeah. um, you know, from, from an after sales perspective. But we have specific... Uh, parts of our machines like let's focus on the impactors for example because they're the flagships for EvoQuip and they're the flag- flagships for um, for Robomaster also yeah. and we have certain features benefits that we drive home every day to our dealers our customers and we, we believe that you know our impact chamber for example um, you know we utilize the the hydraulic apron system independent apron hydraulic, hydraulic release over- overload yeah 
with regards to setting the CSS. It's very intuitive, very quick. Yeah. You know, you can better control of your reduction ratio, for example. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas rubber mask use a slightly different system and, and ultimately all these things contribute to increased productivity from the machine and decreased downtime. Yep. And ultimately that's what saves the customer money. Yeah. Um so listen, we, we believe it, we're passionate about it, our dealers believe it, our customers believe it, you know, so it's really just you know, trying to make up that 20 years difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And listen, next five years, maybe have a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we see them as a competitor, but we're not like for like, you know, we're, we're only in six six years, like you say, they're in how many? How, how long did you? Uh, they're 25. 25 years, you know. Yeah. We see them, you know, as a goal in the rest of the world, but we're not copying them, you know. We, we do have our own product range, and like you said, our Cobras, we're definitely um, different technology, um, I feel a more superior technology, different design. Um, so yeah, and we have to, we have to do that to try to gain ground on them, and anybody else, any other competitor. Yeah, and that's probably one of the real benefits of, of the Terex, the Terex back. You know, we know, and Terex heritage and crushing treating with with the parts the Finleys and the MPSs. You know, crushing chambers are things that we design and do daily. You know, chambers are part of our bread and butter in Terex MP and, and their aggregate you know, aggregate section so it's something we really benefit of. Yeah. Thanks to Terex as a whole. 100%, 100%, you know, and it's been a big part of why we've, why we've grown so quickly. Yeah. Um, last question then, I suppose that this one's actually come in from a couple of different dealers. When's the prices of machines coming down? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Get get asked this question regularly. No, here, listen. It is a fair question, and it's it's a fair question that does come come regularly because we have seen prices escalate over over the last eighteen months, as have all manufacturers and suppliers, and ultimately it's driven from supply chain. Um, listen, the pricing has stabilized over the last while, and we have stabilized our our pricing. You know, there's there's been no increases in in, in the last twelve months, um, and ultimately. We take tight controls on on um, where our costs are, and and if we see them changing up or down, sometimes we have no choice but but to pass that on, um, or vice versa, then um, you know re- reduce pricing or whatever the case may be. But as we stand at the minute, I feel we're we're definitely in a in a better position than we have been. And listen, I I'd be the same as as everybody else if. If we feel that the the pricing has to come down, because supply chain pricing has to come down, then definitely yeah. we do. Yeah. But it's across the board, you know, competitors exactly. and all, uh, everybody's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, have we any news then for today's podcast, Andy? Have you got any? I'm just trying to think what's happened. Um. What I've seen, I seen TRS had their first first plant installed there. There was a pretty cool video doing the rounds. Uh, Color group in Reading. Yes. It was a really, was a really good video, really good, really good install. So it's great to see that, and the the color is pretty close to our city. Yeah, so yeah, it looks well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if, even if we're biased. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and what else? T Sab and the compact jaw, as if, you mentioned, Jimmy. The ah, the bigger guys getting into the compact stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, and they they, they also we we saw was there a. In a bit of way to, to get a job off a off a lorry too in in, uh, in Con Expo. So. <laughs> I saw yeah. that, yeah. I think uh, what back on load, sleep, yeah, back on load. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trying to get get that feature into on our jaws maybe, but 
Yeah, here, but that would have been a squeaky one for the boy on the on the controls there. Yeah, <laughs> scary. Somebody, somebody got a towel off that day. Yeah, yeah. How these things happen? Huh? Yeah. But, yeah. but I hear like that news-wise, I think that's the deal I have. Good stuff. Well, I think I think that's us for today. Jamie, thanks for coming on. It was great having you. Thanks for the coffee that I never got. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll put the kettle on. There. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> Um, you're natural yeah well, yeah that's right I'll, I'll be back but um <laughs> maybe not for a while we'll see we'll see um thanks everybody for listening um and see you soon thanks all